Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Saddest Night Out. My name is Roy, and I am the host of this daily podcast, and it's primarily about music and creative culture in London. Off the top, my next live show will be next Tuesday, the 20th of August, at Road Trip and the Workshop on Old Street. There will be music from myself, as well as Izzy, Kin Soul, and Rose White and Jack. That is Saddest Night Out Live, number three at Road Trip and the Workshop, free entry, Tuesday the 20th of August. If you go to facebook.com forward slash saddest night out, you will find more details there. Today's episode was recorded at The Plough after our open mic night had finished, and I spoke to one of the performers who was playing one of our nights for the first time. Her name is Honey B. McKenna. She hails from Wales, which I didn't intend to rhyme when I said it, but here we are now, and she is a phenomenal singer, so much so that her first song was a cover of Maybe This Time from the, the show Cabaret. And by the end of the song... I pretty much turned her microphone off because her voice was just that powerful. She didn't need micing up. She was so good. And she was kind enough to talk to me afterwards so I could find out a bit more about how she acquired such a fantastic talent for singing. And it turns out that the stage has played a very big part of her life from a very, very young age. So this is me meeting Honey Bee McKenna. I hope you enjoy this chat and I'll catch up with you more afterwards. We are upstairs at the King's Head. We've, no, we're not. We're at the Plough. Let's talk. Just testing the mic there. That was always the mic test earlier. <laughs> we are upstairs at the Plough. Mm-hmm. We've just finished the open mic. I'm here with someone who's made their debut with us yes. and seems to have something of an interesting backstory. So for starters, <laughs> will you introduce yourself to the listeners? Hello, um, my name is Honey McKenna and I'm a uh, creative freelancer and a mostly musical theatre performer from South Wales. So when did you first come to London? Um, Well, probably, like literally, probably on a school trip when I was about seven or something. Um, We, I remember with our school choir, we sang at the Royal Albert Hall when I was, I think, ten. Um, so that's like a big memory in my mind, especially when it comes to like musical stuff in London. Like that's kind of, you know, that sounds really impressive to have like made my debut at the Royal Albert Hall when I was yes, 10, but like yes, we were part of like a mass choir. So it wasn't really, it wasn't like I had a solo or anything, <laughs> you know. Well, I still put um, it on the CV. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah no, it should really go on the CV, but you know, it's uh, a bit too far in the past really. I think they wouldn't really, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just omit what age you were at. Just yeah. Say, you know, Royal Albert Hall. <laughs> oh, I I put 2018 instead of 2004, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Happens all the time. Mm. So music was in your life fairly early on then? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I it's, it's one of those things where people are like, oh, I was like always singing since I was like two years old. But I think I probably was singing from the age of, especially because I'm Welsh, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're the land of song. And so when, when you're in school, you're singing hymns in assembly from the age of like four or something. So it's just always, music's always present. Like my mum's a musician um, and they, my family have performed in the local pantomime and stuff. Um, so yeah, I think I think I joined the local pantomime when I was about nine. And that's where the musical theatre thing kind of like really started to grow from, um, was doing that and local musicals and stuff in my hometown. 
Wow. See, I've spoken to quite a few people on this podcast, not to brag or anything. <laughs> I'm kind of a big deal around <laughs> here. That's but, fine. but a lot of people I've spoken to, there was music in the family, or maybe they were somewhat forced to take piano lessons. Oh. And then as soon as they were no longer forced to do it, they like ditched everything musical <laughs> and then picked it up again later on. It sounds like you stuck with it from that young age. <sighs> well, um, I, I, I can't play the piano for uh, okay. uh, Redacted. Um, but no, it's true. I, I can't play piano. I ended up teaching myself guitar, but that was quite late in life, I think. Um, I've always been like a vocalist um, uh, but yeah, I I actually did I did go through like a brief period where I kind of dropped away and drop, didn't drop, but wasn't as interested in the performing stuff. And that was just before I went to university um, because I don't know it's just one of those things of like kind of teenage self confidence that just kind of like uh, started to like doubt myself and doubt whether I wanted to be in this industry. But then when I was in university doing English English uh, English language, yeah, see I can't even remember what it was. Um, <laughs> I, uh, which I did enjoy, but I joined a, a dance society and when I was performing with them, that was when I really started to remember why I love performing and started to realise that, oh yeah, this is actually the thing that, you know, when people feel like they were born to do X or Y, I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is what gets me out of bed in the morning. It's, you know, going on stage and like doing all the creative stuff that came along with it and yeah the performance aspect was really like there for me and started to like kind of grow again um but yeah i uh i think uh, a lot of people in musical theater do you know they go to drama school and they do three years at drama school and then they find an agent whereas i've taken kind of a roundabout way mm. um but i initially i was like oh well that's just you know that's the end you know i'll never make it but i think I start, I'm starting to feel more confident about the fact that I've taken a slightly different path than a lot of people um, and doing stuff like writing my own scripts for things and, and uh, with songwriting, which I haven't done for about 10 years. But I think it's something that I'm looking to start doing again. And I think that that has been informed by not just doing the regular path. Yeah. That was like a really long run. But it was good. No, that's, that's why I didn't interrupt. I you're on something. Yeah, let her go. Let her go. If anything, I agree. I think it's better that you took this more circuitous route because now you know you're doing it because you really want to do it. If you had just kept doing it, you might have gotten into autopilot and then fallen out of love with it later. But for you to decide on your own to, nope, this isn't for me, and then on your own decide, actually, I've been missing this. This is what I want to do. Now, you, whatever you do going forward, you know this is your calling, this is what you really want to do. Yeah, it's that thing of like, I couldn't not, I, I no, yeah, I couldn't not do it. Yeah, it, you right, know, yeah. that's the thing, <laughs> yeah. it couldn't, I couldn't, I, I couldn't live my life without having the outlet of, of performing in, in any kind of sense of whether it was singing or, or doing like street dance in university but even that was you know a, the thing that like opened my eyes again um to to realizing that you know this is probably going to be my life and you know I I didn't want to shy away from it anymore so I uh yeah I, that's when I came back to London was last year and I um uh, did a short musical theatre course at the Associated Studios in uh, in Fulham, and yeah, I got a, a musical theatre agent through 
through doing that and yeah I've just been like auditioning for things and did a, a little pantomime last year and I'm now on that kind of thing of trying to balance a regular well I say a regular job I'm a freelancer so it's not really that regular <laughs> but um yeah trying to f- you know follow that path of auditioning and open mics and doing all these things yeah Sounds like there are many strings to your creative boat. <laughs> so I've just seen the perform the singing performance side, which was fantastic. Listeners, at a certain point in Honey's performance, <laughs> I turned off her microphone because she just didn't need it. The the power was all there Thank in the you. voice, and she accredited it to her Welsh upbringing. Absolutely. So clearly, Wales is where it's at, and I've been it missing is. out. We, uh, you know, people say all Welsh people can sing, and I, 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 I don't know. You're I, living definitely. Not, yes. even my friends who are not singers can hold a tune and just. <laughs> Same, you know, <laughs> I've met many people who cannot hold a tune, and so. also lots of money spent on uh, singing lessons. You know, I can't. So, has that been your entire life? You've been going to having singing lessons? Um, yeah, actually, well, kind of. Uh, when I was, I, again, probably about eight or nine, I I'm actually classically trained. Um, and started having singing lessons with a, uh, she was from the Welsh National Opera called Tessa. Uh, I really miss her. Hi, <laughs> Tessa. Probably, Hi, Tessa, if you listen to this. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, so when I have singing lessons now, I, again, I'm with somebody who's from the, the uh, English National Opera because I feel like that is um, kind of a, an important thing for me. I, I didn't grow up doing musical, I, I didn't grow up belting. Um, which as a musical theatre performer is kind of an essential skill to have yeah. whereas I was really kind of scared of it for a while um, and it, I just needed to find like the right kind of training to, to bring it out uh, and now I quite enjoy it but yeah I so it's every morning vocal warm-ups I mean I saw you on stage with a hand in the diaphragm you know I, uh, yeah definitely every morning <laughs> yes, and, I steam, yeah, of course. and I steam every night you know yeah definitely that instrument you know yeah no 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 I this is the thing you know you get you you get out what you put in and uh, I think for a while I was definitely not putting in the effort but now I'm you know I'm really trying to uh, trying to uh, boost all of my kind of skills in you know, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in on my course uh, at drama school, um, some of my friends, I, I, I can't remember who it was, I think it might have been Tom, uh, <laughs> uh, might have coined, you know, the phrase, I'm a triple threat, well, we, uh, we're all talking about being a two and a quarter threat. <laughs> um, and you know that can be made up of different fractions of what you are. Yeah, some people are like oh I'm an octuple threat and I'm like what is that what does that mean like, yeah. no I'm like you know I might be a triple threat but it's made up of like various fractions of you know it's not three full things yeah. <laughs> it's like 16 different things and it's like 0.25 3 of something yeah that's what it is but yeah so you mentioned obviously singing songwriting mm-hmm. voiceover work Mm. musical theatre if you had your choice what would you want to pursue wholly um i think well right now what i would really love is to just do a show i would like to be in a show whether it's like a tour or something not necessarily on the west end but you know some like a major static production 
um, because I think the last time I actually did something was was with a local like a I say amateur but like you know we were good uh, <laughs> a company and it's just that feeling of like when you know it's that hugely cliche thing of That's when it. people talk about like oh you know you hear the overture and then you're like standing backstage and the curtain lifts but like we literally had that moment of being like oh my god we're gonna uh, we're gonna perform in front of people and and it's you know you can't I don't think you can beat that feeling it's like it literally is like the best feeling in the world to to do the thing that you love and have people appreciate that I think that's mm. really special um but I think I you know I've got various vague ideas of wanting to do other things in the future but I think yeah right now it's I would like to do show so if you're a casting director and you're listening to this and you think i sound like a sane person um please uh con- no. <laughs> please contact me <laughs> i oh, yeah. need spotlight my pin is- yeah no. well where can you be found online um i <laughs> i am on spotlight I, I i'm gonna try and find my pin i'll i'll say that in a minute because that would be uh you know are you also on genuinely more i am on uh, i am on i've got a facebook page i think it's honey mckenna official which i haven't updated for months and months so but i probably will start posting stuff um uh now i've got some footage yeah. um i'm also on instagram you can follow me it's at honey b mckenna that is my initial is b Thanks, Mum. <laughs> it's McKenna M C K E N A. Yes, H O N E Y B, just the letter B. M C K E W N A. That is my Instagram, and mm-hmm. it's mostly just me uh, posting selfies with stupid captions. But yeah, I'm gonna start post <laughs> now and then. There's like a dance video, or mm, there might be something of me singing on there soon. We just don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm curious because the last, literally, the last episode I posted on this podcast, it was with someone who really enjoyed dance but did not enjoy being on stage at all. But you seem to be the complete opposite. Was it as as soon as the first time you took to the stage, you just knew you loved it? Was it because family was doing it that it just seemed normal to you? Did it take time for you to get used to it? Uh, Well, I don't ever remember not doing it and also not enjoying it. I think... Now, there is, like, there's a, a VHS tape somewhere of me from the archives oh, wow. of, um, of me at the local pantomime and I think I'm about three and I'm going up on stage and I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> this is my stage, everybody else moves, like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, and I, apparently I stormed the, the, the NEC in Birmingham, I think when I was like 18 months old. But again, like I'm not, I wasn't conscious of that at the time, <laughs> but obviously it wasn't a problem for me to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to like just straight up get on stage. Um, but no, it was, it was weird because it was, I, I definitely always had it, but then I had that huge dip in confidence before university and was mm. like, wanted to move more into behind the scenes stuff. Um, so I wanted to be like a, a TV writer um, so started kind of pursuing that kind of thing and then came back into it um, I think in a way that like, dance actually helped me with my confidence again because uh, it, it, on my course actually somebody brought that up one of our one of our teachers uh, said you know I don't ever I didn't ever seem not confident when I was dancing so when I was singing sometimes you know I wouldn't be as confident and so that's something I I try and think about that you know I'm not I'm not afraid to fail when I dance Mm. but when I sing it's completely different and I think that's a that's a thing that 
performers, uh, you know, other performers, like, hey, here's my advice to you. If you're good at one thing, bring that confidence into another, into the things that you're not good at, because, you know, there's, it's the same thing, you know, mm. it, it literally is. It's all about your kind of, your, you know, it's about the psychological side of it. And for me, that was my, my biggest problem. I and mean, I'm still trying to overcome that by going to open mics and, and getting up on stage and singing things that I've never sung before. Um, but yeah, it's just not being afraid to, to uh, you know, mess it up. Yeah. Trying not to swear then. <laughs> it's okay, this podcast is not explicit, so okay. you can swear. You don't have to. <laughs> no, no, no. I think, I think my, my, my parents and my agents would be uh, possibly upset if I, I did swear. But <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for talking to me today. Thank you for coming to our open mic. Thank you. And yeah, here's to many more performances on whatever stage you can find until yeah. you find the stage. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the, isn't that what it's about? Never, exactly. never stop. <laughs> thank you very much honey thank you and that was that thank you very much honey for talking to me and let me just address that slightly different start to the conversation so for some reason i said the wrong location when i started our chat and i stopped because i was going to just start again but she said no you should keep that in so by jove that's exactly what i did just to add some color to the conversation you know but that was a, a great chat i find it really interesting that the the episode I posted just before this one, when I spoke to Nicole at the King's Head, she is someone who I think is very passionate about her artistic craft as well, but very much wants to keep it to herself. She doesn't perform and has no desire to do so. And yet in this chat with Honey, the complete opposite. She loves the stage. She fell out of love with it for a while, but her calling kept calling her. I guess that's why they call it a calling. That's enough of the word calling. But she returned. And I'm so glad she did because she was fantastic last night. And that was just a small open mic in a small pub on a Sunday night. I can only imagine the power she can wield when she's on a real stage. Like the Royal Albert Hall. Was it 10 years old? What a way to make a start. In fact, if you find her on Instagram, which is Honey B. McKenna, as she said, and I'll put a link to it in the notes as well, as well as that pin she was talking about for Spotlight. I followed her on Instagram last night, and among the people that follow her is Niall Rogers. Yes, the man, the myth, the legend. Niall Rogers follows Honey on Instagram. I think I, I bagged a pretty awesome guest here for this episode, so thank you very much, Honey, for that. Last night was an interesting open mic. Uh, there was some football that happened just before. Manchester United versus Chelsea. A lot of people in this venue are Chelsea fans. Chelsea did not win the match. So I made sure not to bring that up over the course of the night. Because I wasn't trying to invite any trouble. The performances were fantastic. There was something else I wanted to say that has now completely escaped my mind. We have a new open mic starting tomorrow night at the City of Quebec by Marble Arch Station. If you go to ukopenmic.com, you can see all of our open mic nights there and reserve your spot to play at any one of them. Today, I was planning to go to Caffrey Studios and then go to City of Quebec and then go to Paper Dress Vintage to catch See Through Hands, who are playing their debut London show tonight. My friend Phil from University at Huddersfield recommended them to me. He said they sound a bit like LCD Sound System. And I like LCD Sound System, so much so that they inspired the name for this podcast. 
So I really want to check them out. But I was on Google Maps trying to plan my route. And I think I've mentioned on this podcast before how obsessed I've been with the city of New York. So much so that I would go on Google Maps and look at how long it takes to get from one venue to another or from this place to this place, just to somewhat imagine I was there making that journey myself, to try and feel like I'm in that city. But when I was trying to plot my route for the places I need to go tonight, I got a little bit of that feeling, you know, as if, I yes, New York is New York, but I started to feel as though I'm in that side of London where you're a man about town, having to peop, places to go, people to see type of thing. And it felt quite good. It's also cool to talk to someone who is from somewhere else. Honey's from Wales, but she understands that London is the place she needs to be to make opportunities happen. And I am very guilty of taking London for granted because I think there are many Londons and my London is not the London where things are happening and opportunities take place and, you know, changes happen. People find the careers of their dreams or whatever or have the best light, the best nights out. But I, I don't know, something in the air today made me feel a little bit like, hey, maybe I am starting to get a taste of that London as well. I still have lots of work to do for next week's show, but it's looking very promising that I will have more shows at Road Trip and the Workshop beyond September, which just fills my fills my spirit with joy. So that's something to look forward to. I got as far as planning out my set list. I want to finish the songs as soon as possible so I can practice performing them rather than just learning the songs so that this time I can focus a lot more on the performance. Once again, that show is Tuesday the 20th of August at Road Trip and the Workshop on Old Street. Uh, free entry if you go to facebook.com forward slash saddest night out, you can find more details there. That's enough from me for this episode. Thank you again to Honey. I will put links in the notes for where you can find her. Thank you all for listening. Feel free to let me know what you think saddestnightout at gmail.com or saddestnightout on most social media. Otherwise, I will catch you on the next one. Take care.